Hello, my beautiful creeps, and welcome to Rise from the Dead podcast. I'm your host, Ash, aka Ash to Ashes, and you guys are in for a special treat because this is my very first episode of the show, and I am so excited. So, if you're not familiar with the premise of this show, Rise from the Dead podcast is a show where myself and a special guest will be reviewing a lesser-known horror film ranging from maybe like early 60s to early thousands and my guest and I will decide if the film should rise from the dead or stay buried so if you made it this far in the show you're probably wondering like okay who's the guest like we have to know who's the guest well the first guest of the show is brother ghoulish aka Ryan and I'm so excited to have him on the show so what's up, Brian? Nothing much. I'm happy to be the first haunt coming through. So thank yes. you. Thank you. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I just can't wait to dig into this movie. I'm, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. But for the listeners, if you're not familiar with Brother Ghoulish, if you have not bothered to listen to his amazing podcast or listen to any episodes of Kill the Dead podcast that he's been a guest on, you're missing out and you're in luck because I decided to do some icebreaker questions. Ooh. Yes. So are you ready? I'm prepared. (laughs) Yes. But first, let me ask, who are you? Who is Brother Ghoulish? You know, I learn a little bit more about that answer every day in therapy. Um, (laughs) I'm someone who is a devout horror fan, loved it all my life. I also love writing. And so I celebrate all of those things over on my podcast, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb. I tell horror short stories. I talk about horror movies and the occasional horror book or TV show. And it's just always a celebration of those type of things. Anytime I get invited on the features too, that's what I'm there for. Like, let's get into the hard tea, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. And if y'all are not aware, he just did a, your recent most um, brand new episode is called thighs. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's talking about my thighs. Yes. My, <laughs> my chocolate thighs. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But it's- it's it's definitely um, a lot. It was a horror comedy where some guys come to life and they're sucking the life out of people. So if yes, that's your- <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So I have to ask, why do you love horror? What about it just gives you life? Gives you the goose. I think it reminds me of my childhood now. Like, I think I change this answer every time I go into something, but it's just it's just because that's the beauty of horror. There's so many different versions of horror because of the subgenres and how any particular filmmaker tackles it that mm-hmm. it can always give you something new. But just being afraid and watching some of these films just takes me back to when I first fell in love with horror. And it's just such a celebration. I love being scared. I also love like the lessons it can hold if you're into that, you know, if you Mm -hmm. want to dig deep in. Um, It's just the original way of teaching people in so many ways. Like the original horror stories were like mythology and shit. So like they actually used fear to teach people lessons and you can still have that type of experience nowadays, which is crazy. Right. And I feel like 
if you're going through something that's horrific, you're going to be like, okay, I'm good. I, I learned my lesson. No more. <laughs> Hopefully, <good>. right? <laughs> right. Some people just don't learn. Yeah, they just don't. <laughs> a hard head makes a soft ass, as you mm-hmm. know, old folks used to say. <laughs> <laughs> so next question. So imagine that it's a Friday night. You're at Blockbusters or any video store if they still existed. <laughs> What three horror movies are you going to rent? Silence of the Lambs, Jeepers Creepers, and Scream. Yeah, okay. I like that. A little little flavor. Just mix it all up. Because, like, I think you already, you probably already knew I was going to say Scream because, I mean, I, I'm always talking about Scream, but um, <laughs> I threw Jeepers Creepers in there because I revisited it this week, and I'm like, wow, I remember this film being really good and it has aged well for me like it's a really fun time it just reminds me about the type of things i liked about horror back in the day mm-hmm. like, just oof, such a good time and then silence of the lambs because i mean <laughs> it's just right. so much going on in that film right it's been a long time since i've last watched silence of the lambs and i feel like it's time for a a, a visit so if it's still on netflix i which is i i think it is i might have to check it out soon it's definitely on something, but that's the thing between me and you. I know we're similar in this. We are subscribed to like a million things. It's mm-hmm. definitely for free on one of them things. I just don't know which one. <laughs> Is it on Tubi? I don't know, but I'll find I, out. I mean, it could be. The director's cut could be on Tubi and the regular one could be on Netflix. <laughs> mm, there you go. I'll go with the director's cut. Oh, yes. <laughs> All righty. So next question. Which jigsaw contraption do you think you will have a better chance escaping? The angel trap from Saul 3 or the reverse bear trap from the first Saul? In the reverse bear trap situation, wasn't the key behind the eye or something like that? I believe. To get out of it? Yeah, I believe so. Then Apologies to diehard Saul fans. <laughs> Because I always used to say, it's just been a while since I watched that one, but I remember seeing it for the first time and saying, I could get out of the reverse bear trap. It would hurt, but, I mean, the traps have just gotten so much crazier that by the time you get to the angel trap, it's like you don't want any parts of those. It makes the other ones, like, look, you know, tameable in comparison. So definitely the reverse bear trap. Give it to me, mama. Yeah, I just, I don't know which trap. Like, I, I don't know. (laughs) You got to pick one. (laughs) I know, probably. I'll probably, I'll probably go with the reverse bear trap. <laughs> it's just more humane, right? It's, I mean, it's definitely more humane than what was going on in the new one, so. Yeah. I mean, as long as I don't have to fall in a big-ass pit of needles, I am Gucci. Ooh, oh my like, God. usually stuff, like, usually, like, the traps in the Saw films don't make me squeamish, but the whole pit full of needles, no. No. I used to feel that way because um, the pit of needles, oh my God, just terrible. But, you know, I, what if, you know, stay with me for a second, right? Mm-hmm. What if there was some type of drug on the needles so that when you actually hit them, you get like a, a quick little high? Maybe the death won't be that painful then, right? I Ooh. mean, what's in the needles? <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That could solve I mean, the blow, you know? Yeah, I mean, as long as it's zone me out and I'm not feeling anything, I'll take it. <laughs> and it's yeah. just funny because, like, I know, like, I have tattoos, I have piercings. I could do that, no problem. But when it comes to a shot, mm-mm, you have to hold me down. What? For real? 
that's surprising yeah. to me because I remember you were really responsible about getting vaccinated. So that's a, a yeah. surprise to me. I actually did pretty well with the vaccination. I didn't uh, freak out or anything, but I know when it came to the second one and I felt that entering my soul, I just, I said, good thing I have this mask on because I was feeling some type of way. So <laughs> I should call the CDC on the person who did my second shot because like, she was like um, whispering to me and she was like, Hey, um, is it okay if I put the bandaid on first? I do better when I put the huh? first. And I was like, and she was whispering and I was like, sure. Cause it just took me off guard. So she's okay. So she puts the Band-Aid on and she's like under her breath. She's like, oh, okay. And then like she, you know, puts it in, but she does it really hard. I'm like, oh. And so, and then like, you know, she gives me the shot and then she puts the Band-Aid over the Band-Aid. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much for bearing with me through that. <gasps> and what I told, <laughs> what I told when I retold the story to someone else, I tried to like not put any bias in it. So I'm like, yeah, so today I got my shot. You know, she put the Band-Aid on first. I'm like, what? Like, um... You should have a piece of the band-aid floating in your body. You need to stand up for yourself. But I'm a Pisces, so I'm doing what I can. Right. I just, I never heard of anyone doing that before. Like, I, mm, like, where did she do her training at? Uh, I mean, maybe where they, uh, where they designed the reverse bear trap. Maybe. Right. (laughs) That's where she learned how to do all of this. She was setting up jigsaw traps. Right. Oh, I'm glad you're fine, but damn. And then See, you just hear I... a thud because I pass out over here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I have trust issues. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Let's see. Next question. If you were about to get, get killed. Sorry, I stutter. So what would your last words be if you're about to meet your doom? Oh. Hmm. Hmm, that's hard. <laughs> um, let me, hmm. It has to be something I say all the time. Um, <laughs> be like, sis. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I know. It's going to be um, that, that line from Scream 3. You're obsessed with her. And you're obsessed with her daughter. And then, you know, my heart just stops. <laughs> <laughs> and thud. <laughs> and and scene. <laughs> and then I, you know, go into a death drop. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. So. And scene. <laughs> and, and scene. I, I don't know. I think mine will be like, well, damn. <laughs> oh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Probably something stupid like that. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> One of my friends told me his final words would be um, to, uh, you know, whoever's close to him to erase everything off of his phone. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, what he got on his phone? I don't want to know. That, see, when people <laughs> say stuff like that, I just say okay. Because, like, I'm nosy, so if I start digging, I'm not going to stop. Like, I need to see right. your phone. I need to know, do I need to report you now or later? <laughs> well, who are you talking to in this month? Oh, you nasty. Right. You know what's up. <laughs> you already know what's up. Some sketchy stuff. <laughs> right. Right, right. So, I have about two more questions, and then we'll get on to the, sh- the show. So, what is your favorite subgenre of horror? You know what? I keep changing this answer, too. But um, I would probably say psychological thrillers or, like, because um, I know that those some of them veer off into not really being horror, technically. Mm-hmm. 
But there's something really interesting about the human mind and why I'm really obsessed with those type of films is it really calls into question whether or not something supernatural or paranormal is even happening or if it's in someone's mind. Um, a good example of this is like Black Swan. Like I love, I love stuff like that. Like is, mm -hmm. you know, how much of this is real and how much of this is imagined. And I feel like it's not often done well. Like usually it leans so far left or so far right that it's obvious what went down. But right. you know, American Psycho is another example of that. Like I just, I just love films like American Psycho and Black Swan. Like they're just so good to me. Yeah. Ooh, Black Swan was definitely a good one. Yeah, that's we my shit. <laughs> we weren't ready for that. Mm. And <laughs> I, I think that, I mean, now it says horror, but I feel like for a long period of time, it wasn't considered horror. Like, I, I remember seeing it was supposed to be, you know, technically another genre, but it's horrific to me. Because what's more mm -hmm. terrifying than, like, the, the thing that your mind makes up and believes is real? <laughs> right. Right. I know with, like, psychological horror, it... <laughs> It's like hit or miss for me. It has to be done like well done for me to love it. Yeah. And um like get out. I love get out. I think that's like one of the perfect movies ever. But um the film I I keep thinking about this film like that The Lodge. Have you ever seen that? I still haven't seen that. No, but it's on my list. Yes, it's on Hulu, so definitely check it out. Um I've watched that movie once. And it's still, to this day, I'm still thinking about it. Like, that movie had me feeling some type of way. And I can't recommend it enough to, like, my friends and listeners, like, definitely check out that movie. Mm -hmm. and, and you have it, great movie suggestions. Like, everything you've suggested to me has been on point. So I definitely will be checking it out. <laughs> yes, it's a slow burn, but once it gets there, oh, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I just... It just made me, oh gosh, it's just so dark and it'll piss you off, but then it'll have you feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel sick at the same time. Ooh, that sounds like my kind of movie. I like those type of extremes, though, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, definitely um, you and my listeners, definitely check out The Lodge is streaming on Hulu. So for today's episode almost say tonight because you never know if they're listening today or tonight you don't know so for today's episode we will be reviewing the film um people toys from 1974 and this film um has a couple of different names so if you are wanting to watch the movie it's streaming on tubi but under the title the horrible house on the on the hill and it's also known as Devil Times Five and Tantrums. The um, so People Toys was directed by Sean McGregor and David Sheldon, who is uncredited. And for the cast, bear with me. It's kind of it's not that long, but it's, it's kind of long. <laughs> so for the adults, we have Sorel Book, Gene uh, Evans, Taylor Lasher. Joe McCall, Carolyn Steller, who is actually the mother of two of the children in the film, and Shelly Morrison. And I didn't notice until you messaged me. You're like, are you a fan of Will and Grace? I'm like, yes, why? Shelly Morrison is in this film, and she played Rosario on Will and Grace. Yeah. 
Yes, R.I.P. A legend. I, I, yes, I love her. And then we have uh, John Duran and Gail Small. And for the children, we have Leif Garrett and Don Lynn, who are actually brother and sister in real life. Their mother is Carolyn Stella, who plays Lovely in the film. And then we have Terry Turner and Tia Thompson. So for the synopsis of this film, give me a second. This I don't know which like which synopsis I want to go with, but um because <laughs> there's so many different ones, but I'll just go with this one. The film follows a group of four um homicidal children who, accompanied by a mysterious nun, seek refuge with a number of snobbish vacationers at a lakeside house only to systematically murder them one by one. Ooh. <laughs> mm. So I think I want to first off start by asking, what was your first impression of people toys? <clears throat> well, you're talking about after watching it the first time, right? Yes. So my first impression was, like, wow, they landed that plane. And the only reason that was my reaction was the there were so many shaky parts at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, And like you kind of alluded to a little bit before, um, it was so, it was a huge cast. Like, there were actually, like, a lot of characters to carry that I kind of felt like maybe they wouldn't be able to land the plane. But they, they did. They got it down. They touched it down. They were able to actually add dimension to each of the characters, which is impressive. And it was, I was impressed. I was like, okay, this isn't, you know, it's it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> cute kids are definitely cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's all right. yeah, it's cute. Right. I definitely agree with you. I know first time watching it, I messaged you. I was like, uh-uh, these kids need some spankings. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, you have the one kid, Brian, he's like, Hot damn, I got me a watch. Ooh, I got me a knife. I'm like, ooh, you gonna take that from a dead body? <laughs> like, he just, like, did not care. Yeah, that whole Robin the Dead thing was definitely <laughs> off-putting for me. And that was one of the reasons in the beginning I was a little shaky, because I'm like, I, because without knowing any better, right? I'm like, are they gonna have it, like, this little black kid is just a thief? Like, throughout right. the whole, like, I'm not here for that. But there were so many other worse evils amongst them badass kids and, mm-hmm. and Sister Hannah's ass that I'm like, oh, no, they're all just messed up. Okay, I think I'm okay. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> for this review, there will be some spoilers. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> but I feel like that's the best way for us to get into this film. Yeah. Um, the film starts off um, in a snowy mountains of... Uh, Mountain Pass in Lake Arrowhead, California, a van transporting children from a psychiatric hospital crashes. And let me just say, this crash, <laughs> it's not funny, but like the way it was like on the screen, I was like, it's taking a while for this uh, this van to land. <laughs> it just kept um, tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. I'm like, no okay. one should have survived that crash. No. Like that's, that's what made me so upset that like the kids came out okay and then not only that but um what was his name the the dude that was chasing them at first um oh, they, the doctor they, yeah when he came out chasing them in alive and he had a contusion 
I'm like, they should all be mangled horribly. Right. Took like 20 minutes. <laughs> right. I was just like, okay, like I know my ass would be gone, like flown out <laughs> yeah. out the window. <laughs> so um so yeah, there's a van crash and the kids survive. Also, the young nun, sister Hannah, survives. So they decide to <laughs> to leave the crash site and look for some um some shelter because they're in a like I said, in a snowy mountainside. Like you do not want to be caught up in the snow. So on a side note, we're introduced to Julian Rick, who are a couple, and they arrive at a chalet along with Papa Doc and his business associate Harvey and his wife, um, Ruth. And you also get introduced to Papa Doc, Doc's wife, Lovely. And I can't wait till we talk about this character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're meeting up to discuss some business and they decide to all meet up at Papa Doc's, like, Winton, uh, I said Winton, sorry, Winter House. And so at the house, we're introduced to Ralph, who is the um, who is the house servant, and he has some intellectual intellectual disabilities, and he's um, his character. I'll get to that character later because I I kind of got upset at one scene in the film. Um, so they all meet up at the house and. So the kids, this scene kind of zoomed me out. So the kids make their way up to the house and they just magically appear in the house. Like you don't hear a thud, you don't hear nothing. They just magically appear. But before that, they actually, um, um, lure um, the doctor into like this dark room and they all come together and beat him to death. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So this uh, first death scene, I was just like, what is going on? How do they all get in this room so fast? And like, it just happened so fast. So you could tell like with the editing, like they cut some scenes and just gave us this scene of them like all getting together and murdering the doctor. That's that's the thing though. Like the time lapse on that probably felt like it went longer than the bus tumbling over. It was very Mm -hmm. drawn out. Yeah, it was slow motion, and he falls. He's like, oh, and they just, one by one, they get their licks in, and they just being the crap out of him. The whole time... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, the whole time, I'm just like, is this in the past? Is this a flashback? Like, why is it drawn out like this? Why is it in sepia? Look, what's going on? (laughs) Right, and then here comes Sister Hannah. She comes out of nowhere. She's like, shoot, I'll help y'all. Boom. Like, oh, like that's, oh, you got a nun helping you murder? Okay. Didn't you find it kind of cool, though, when she did um, lend a hand? Her weapon of choice was the pitchfork, because it's almost like a nun with a pitchfork is very, like, she's actually a demon. Right. Yeah. I I noticed that, especially uh, when we get to the ending of, ending of the movie, her uh, wardrobe choice. Stood out to me. Okay. I can't wait to get there to hear about it because I didn't even think about it. I was um yeah, but when we get there, because I'll tell you what I was getting from that scene. It was it was very childish. Um, don't judge me. <laughs> no, you're fine. So 
this is a scene I would love to talk about. So we get to the scene where it's kind of disturbing. It's with Lovely and Ralph. And Lovely is like the young wife of of uh, Dr. Sorry, I forgot his name. Papa Doc. Papa Doc. I, I'm like, that's an unusual name. Papa Doc, excuse me. <clears throat> and she decides to try to seduce Ralph. And the scene just bothers me. Because I'm like, why is she doing this? Like, this is just so disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And then luckily Julie walks in and she's like, what the hell are you doing? So Ralph leaves and then Julie and Lovely have an exchange and Lovely's like, shoot, I'm married to your daddy, but shoot, I could get your man too. I had him before and I'll take him again. So <laughs> this ends up with a with a cat fight and this fight was just <laughs> hilarious. It was. It kind of put me in mind of, I don't know if you were a fan of the original Dynasty, but um, it definitely was giving very Dynasty catfights where they're just tumbling around and the whole set is just being thrown over in a broken continuum loop um, over really dramatic music. And it, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so is someone going to slap a punch or something? Like, y'all just tossing each other. And then you get... <laughs> and then you get... Uh, one of uh, I'm sorry I forgot her name I should know her name because I watched this movie multiple times so you get Ruth who is Harvey's wife walking in brushing her hair she's just standing there getting her giggles like what are y'all doing hmm. <laughs> like oh we're just talking <laughs> so we cut on over we're going to fast forward to the next death scene which is with Ralph the kids decide to rig the backup generator, and when the electricity goes out, Ralph is forced to go out and figure out what's going on with the generator. Well, the kids rigged it, and so when Ralph goes to check on it, he gets... Um, how would you describe it? He... It's it's like he got hung, essentially. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like um, kind of like a... What is that thing called? A Rube Goldberg machine? Is that what it's called? Like the little... Uh, yeah. Thing? Yeah. But, like, they jimmy-rig it so that it hangs them. Yeah, and it happens so fast because you can't really tell if, like, when it got dark, they hurry up and put, like, the string around his neck and lift him up or something. Like, you don't see how that happens. You just see the aftermath. It was impressive, though. I'll say that. Um, Because, like I said, you remember I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be able to land the plane. By the time that death happened, since the first one was in slow-mo, it was kind of strange. That this death in particular definitely was like, oh, there's some hope for this movie because like it was a really, it actually was kind of cool. I mean, the aftermath with the blood and all that kind of took me out of it a little bit because it was just so red. But um, you know, I've watched a lot of old horror, so it, you know that right. that pops up sometimes. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> the next day, Rick goes out and he discovers Ralph's corpse hanging. And Papa Doc just assumes that Ralph commits suicide. And we know that that's not the, that's not what happens. So they're trying to figure out what's going on. They discover that Doc's car has been tampered with and that the guns and the knives in the house have gone missing. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he said, don't be touching my car. Someone touched the car. 
By so, the way, excellent when the when the guns and knives went missing. I just excellent. But go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. So we're cut over to the scene and we see David, who is played by Leif Garrett. His character is very interesting because you can't really point out like what's like what's going on with him. You know, like he takes pride in his looks and he's he is just he has his mindset on becoming like famous. And then there's a scene with him and Harvey and he notices Ruth's um, outfit laid out on the bed and he's just admiring it. And this actually plays into the scene. So we cut over, we see David who is just dressing himself up in Ruth's outfit and he's he got a wig on and he's putting on the makeup and he overhears Rick talking about his suspicions of the kids being behind all the crazy stuff that's happening. So shortly after we get our next kill and it's with Harvey. David and Harvey are out um, cutting wood and so David's like oh I want to try let me try cut some wood so Harvey's like go ahead good luck and so David's trying to hit it and he's missing it and Harvey's like haha I told you you're too weak and David's like okay I got you and he decides to hack Harvey to death (laughs) and you just knew that David was going to be the one to to kill Harvey oh yeah he has some built up anger towards Harvey. He did not like Harvey. Like, especially with that scene with them playing the game of chess. And he just kept saying Harvey's full name. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'll get you, Harvey. <laughs> I'll get you, Harvey Beckman. <laughs> so, um, we move on over. Um, so with the next kill. So Mo, who is um, played by Leaf Garrett's younger sister, she is caught by Lovely playing in her makeup. And Lovely's like, uh-uh, what you doing in here? Don't be playing with my stuff. You better get out. And Mo is like, you know what? I hate you. Don't be messing with my teddy bear. I hate you. <laughs> and you just know, like, Mo is about to, about to mess some stuff up. And Lovely is next. So Lovely decides to take a bubble bath because she just can't deal with all the craziness and all the deaths that's happening around her. And while she's taking her bubble bath, here comes um, Sister Hannah. She decides she's going to drown Lovely in the bathtub. And here comes Mo. She has the bucket of piranhas that Papa Doc owns. And she decides to start dumping them in the bathtub. And you know what happens when you mix piranhas and human flesh. Yeah, and let me give you a nom, hint. Nom, nom. <laughs> I'm about to say it ain't no uh depilification, honey. <laughs> they go nom nom nom, and so we lost lovely the hoe. <laughs> she she was a hoe. She how about I'll take your man and like just trying to seduce everyone? Like, girl, sit down. She what couldn't sit down. Prove? It was just trashy. Like she was just she was reckless, and it was so bad that I'm like. Is she really with Papa Doc, or is she kind of like <laughs> being? I'm not going to say it, but okay, now I'm, I'm just going to go there. No, like, go, she go ahead. Paid for her services, like was she actually with him? Because like she was literally trying to sleep with everybody. I even felt like she was coming onto the piranhas. I felt like she was <laughs> up on the fish tank and stuff. Like, girl, can no. you? 
down? Like, damn. Like, slow down. You married to money. You're okay. And my thing is, I'm not no slut shamer. Like, but at the same token, you got to respect relationships, mom. But don't be trying to throw yourself around in a married. Well, he wasn't married, but like, you know, an established dude. Yeah. Right. I, she was gorgeous woman, but her character was just, whoo. I was like, oh, you, you need to go. <laughs> so after her scene, Papa Dog witnesses the children dragging Lovely's body through the snow and he chases after them to Ralph's cabin where he is killed by Brian with a knife in, in another rigged booby trap. So I guess it was like a swing and they had some type of large knife attached to a stick and Brian's sitting on it and he comes on down and he stabs Papa Doc and Papa Doc falls through the window and he's dead. <laughs> and then um, with um, so the kids are obviously the ones that stole the guns. So armed with the stolen guns the children return to the house and they start to attack Ruth. And Ruth, this she actually develops a bond with Susan. And she just felt like Susan was like a daughter of hers. And she just fell in love with her. And when it comes to it, she's Susan's like, you don't want me. You're me. You did this. And she's like, no, I love you. Don't, don't listen to them. And the kids are in the window above and they dump a whole container of gasoline on Ruth. Mm. <laughs> and Susan... She has an obsession with fire and she just happens to have a lighter and she throws a lit, well, she throws the lighter onto Ruth and Ruth is engulfed in flames. So after witnessing her death, Rick and Julie flee the house and they're trying to escape on a boat. And I'm kind of confused because I'm like, it's a dead of winter. The boat is in the snow. How are you going to get out? I don't know. I don't ride boats, but I would think that's kind of difficult to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that doesn't work. So they go back in the house and they barricade themselves in the bedroom. So in the morning time, you have David climbing up on a ladder into the bedroom window and um, Julie wakes up and she is impaled through the neck with a pole that the kids have made that has like a knife attached to it. So Rick is like, no, you did not just kill my woman. Like I'm going to get your asses. I'm going to tear y'all up. So Rick decides to go outside and he, if you actually pay attention, you can kind of tell he's like looking around for traps. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't looking around enough because he gets caught in some bear traps. Got so steps, Right. <laughs> so he steps into the bear trap both his feet are caught in it and then both his arms are caught. So there, there's no way of saving him because you know bear traps are kind of difficult to escape. Mm-hmm. So here, here comes Sister Hannah and she's like, shoot, I got this. And she walks in there with like a brand new attitude, brand new outfit and everything. Like she, And this is what I was talking about earlier with like her wardrobe choices. So throughout the whole movie, she's a nun. And so she has like her nun outfit on, 
she's just wrapped up you can't really see anything but in this scene she comes out of nowhere with like a red like robe on and like what you just said ryan like you feel like she is just like some type of demonic presence yeah and i was getting that vibe with like the out the outfit choices she had because she comes out of nowhere her hair is done she got her glasses on she's looking like a brand new person and she goes and just slits rick's throat yeah so um so all the adults that were in the house are dead and we're cut to the scene in the attic with all the kids and sister Hannah. And the kids have brought in all the dead bodies and have them propped up like dolls. And they're just playing with them, which is really, really creepy. And then you overhear Mo saying like, I'm bored. I, I, I don't want to do the same more. And they're like, okay, we have to leave. But I want my toys. And you overhear Sister Hannah. She's like, oh, we'll get you brand new toys. And the film ends. It doesn't say the end. It says the beginning. And so that's how you... That's the film People Toys. (laughs) Yeah. So... So how many times did you watch the film? Just twice. Just twice? So, Mm -hmm. like, did you still have, like, the same feelings you did when you watched it the first time? I did. Like, it... It was actually, it was actually pretty consistent. I felt like they, there weren't a lot of things that I missed. I, normally, when I watch a film or something the first time around, naturally I miss like a million things because I'm just kind of like sucked into the central storyline. But mm-hmm. I didn't feel like that with this. I felt like I picked up most of it that first time around. Yeah, same. Because I have the bad habit <laughs> of always like looking at my phone while watching a movie knowing my ass should be paying attention. Same. So I was like, okay, I, I caught on to everything during the first viewing, but I need to watch it a second time to, like, make sure I caught everything. And, like, what you just said, like, I was able, like, I, I didn't miss much. I didn't, I was able to catch on with the whole film. So, um, some trivia that I actually found, and this might actually answer our questions, like, why the film seems so choppy and all, like, with the character David, you notice his hair is, like, long and shaggy, and then some scenes it's, like, buzz cut and brown. It's like, so how? What happened? Because I couldn't help but to notice. I don't know about you. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, I, I was like, I'll suspend disbelief, but, like, yeah, that's a little, that's that broken continuity thing that was going on in the fight, too. It's, yeah, I noticed it. Yeah. And it was obvious that little David had a wig on. Like, it was supposed to be like his real hair, but mm-mm. <laughs> it was like a Tyler Perry wig. Oh, <laughs> okay. What well, we're not going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> on this trivia, it says, original director Sean McGregor was fired from the production after a few weeks of difficult filming, and most of the footage he had directed was deemed unusable. So much of the final version of the movie had to be refilmed under the direction of David Sheldon. And so um, by this time, during like the reshoots, Leif Garrett had actually chopped off his hair for another film he was working on and had to refilm his scenes wearing a wig. 
Mm, okay. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so the character David removes his wig several times in the film. So he's presumably supposed to be wearing a wig even when Garrett's own, like, even when it is Garrett's own hair. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Did they say why he was removed? Um, or was it because of the quality of the shoots? They did say it. They just said it was uh, a difficult uh, filming with him. Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting. I'm not sure. I wish I knew. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Another... So I already mentioned that um, the actress Carolyn Steller, who played Lovely, is actually the the birth mother of Leif Garrett and Don Lynn, who played David and Mo. Which, when you said that at the beginning, I gagged because um, now I want to go take a look at them and see if I can tell. But um, that was surprising. Yeah, Family on set. That's actually pretty cool. Right, so I wonder, like, if, like, some of the scenes that she was in, because some scenes, she's actually really, you, you see some stuff, and you're like, oh, I wonder how her kids felt about that. Yeah, I wonder, too. And, like, maybe being in showbiz and stuff, it's probably one of those things where there's an, a, a, an agreement that, you know, yeah, how do you tell that line? That's interesting. That's an interesting point. Yeah, so it's be like, okay, so... Um, honey, you're gonna uh kill me in this scene. <laughs> um, just know it's make believe. Mommy's okay. <laughs> and then you know the dudes are like, you know, okay, cue up the blood, and they're coming in there just dumping buckets of blood on her and stuff. Right. Mommy's right. okay, sweetie. We're still getting paid. It's okay. <laughs> so speaking of getting paid, Gene Evans, who played Papa Doc, said he only did this film for the money. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's so <laughs> right. So I wonder uh, how much money he got from this film. He must have really hated it. I'm about to say. I mean, the movie wasn't that bad, damn, bro. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> like in my notes, I like to take notes when I watch films, but um, there was some like the dialogue of this film had me rolling. Like whether it was from the kids or the the adults, I just some of the dialogue, like the they're eating dinner, and Sister Hannah looks at Rick, and she's like, "Your hair, you got some healthy looking hair." And I'm looking like, "Are we seeing the same hair?" Because Homeboy is doing the whole comb over, right? Like that weird comb over that's like he's coming from the back to the front. Oh my god! Stop it! <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no 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 keep it going <laughs> one of my favorite lines was when lovely was trying to seduce uh i think ralph was his name uh -huh. um because like she was when she was trying to walk him through it and like you say it was really disturbing um and then on another level it was actually just so crazy like she was like you know okay take off your shirt and he throws it at her she's like i didn't <laughs> want it now take off your pants and i'm like oh my god <laughs> let's just right. go forward and then after finagling with him for so long and the pants are finally down. Like she's like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to feed the rabbits. And I literally, <laughs> I I almost threw everything that was in front of me across. <laughs> right. She was just, oh, that whole scene. She's like, oh, you look strong. Pick me up. <laughs> oh yes, you are so strong. Now put me on the bed. 
rub my feet. I had a long day. Right. I'm like, girl. Uh-uh, no. Calm down. Right. No, thank you. But, but is there like is there anything else in the film that you feel like we should discuss or something that stood out to you? Um. Yeah. So, the scene where Lovely actually does get into the tub and they decide that the, the way that they're going to kill her is with the piranha. I thought that was really dope because it felt to me like this was kind of like a, a shrunken down version of what's actually happening in the lodge because mm-hmm. the kids are like piranha inside of a tank eating up the goldfish. Um, that's basically what's happening. Like they're all inside this building. It's very much like a tank and they're just preying on everyone. That's literally, it's like these piranha are an extension of them essentially. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also thought that the deaths in general are just so good. Like, I don't... And the thing is, like, I think for the time period, the deaths were really imaginative. It was really cool, like, to see one person go up in flames, another person be hung through a mechanism, another person be stabbed through some type of... I don't even know what that contraption was that that stabbed Papa Doc. But the deaths were just so good. Right. You're like, these kids were pretty clever. It makes me wonder, like, how many of them that they came up with are Sister Hannah decide to, like, give them ideas for. Like, did they all do this? Or did Hannah, like, step in and was like, hey, I got this. But from the looks of it, it looked like Brian was the leader of the group. And he came up with a lot of things. But I know, like, with the piranhas, I think that was Mo Because in the scene before, she's fascinated with them. Yeah, she was. And she didn't know anything about it until Papa Doc was like, oh, those are piranhas. And these are goldfish, and this is what they eat. And she's all like, oh, wow. And she freaks out. And that later comes into play with Lovely's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost the next scene. Like, it wasn't even that right. far away. They foreshadowed it maybe like one or two scenes before. Mm-hmm. So, with the ending of the film, were you satisfied? Or did you wish that there was something more that they should have done? Well, the ending was too self-serious, which made me a little upset. Um, mm-hmm. To say, like, oh, the beginning, they could have just ended it for all that. And then if they had intentions of carrying it on, then then do so. But the beginning to me was a little presumptuous. I'm like, I don't need to see any more <laughs> right. of this, of this storyline. But I thought it was really cool for them to prop up the bodies. And that's why it's called People Toys. Um, it was it was nice. I, I like I like the the ending generally. It did feel in some level unsatisfying though, to be honest, because I was rooting for the adults. The kids were just so bad. Like, I know. I was just like, oh, like y'all so little, I could take y'all out. But at the same time, kids are creepy. They're creepy. And, they're scary. You don't know what they're capable of. Yes, and they like, have just, no chill. <laughs> right, zero chill. And like, so I was like. With this film, I was curious. I was like, well, I wish we could have got a little backstory on the children to see, like, why they were in the psych ward. What did they do? And I and I also feel bad with the character of Susan because you don't get much of her. At she, all. She's just in the, in the background. And you only, like, get that little snippet of her, like, oh, Susan has a thing for fire. Hmm. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. 
I was like, don't we all, you know? Um, <laughs> we all have that voice telling us to burn things, you know? Right. But it's not, you know, we need more out of you, Susan. I'm imagining mm-hmm. channeling my Tyra Banks. We were rooting <laughs> for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that was only my little thing about the film. It's like, oh, I kind of wish we had more background. Maybe there, there's a missing scene floating around with them talking about the children's background i don't know because obviously I, this film uh, had some direction cuts i hate to break it to you ash but we know that that scene is nowhere because this is, films, <laughs> films from this time period there were they were leaning on a very problematic chain of uh thinking of like because crazy like that's the reason like mm-hmm. they're coming from a psychiatric ward that's all you need to know that is their story that's so terrible and like <laughs> if they if they were to actually revisit this movie i'd watch it like if they were to do a modern version where the kids are actually you know humanized and mm-hmm. them doing this thing is because of something much more complex and we do get to see much more of their storylines or it turns out there is like a demonic entity underneath sister hannah's robe because I felt like there was a lot of influence on her part. She did mm-hmm. have a big impact on how the children were moving. So that would also be an, an interesting element to come at it from. I just feel like everything they were trying to creep us out with in this, it's kind of like the same thing that Children of the Corn was trying to scare us with. But Children of the Corn just like was a lot more, you know, focused on what it was trying to achieve. So it didn't read the same way. Right, right. Yeah, that would be kind of cool to see like a a remake of this film. I know sometimes when it comes to doing films dealing with uh, children killing people is very sensitive. Yeah. A lot of people believe that children are not capable of doing it. Like, they are capable, but I know they're just really like, they don't, they're in denial of it. You know something? You might have fixed what would have made this movie feel better um, by just saying that maybe they could have accepted that it isn't right to, you know, kill these kids in in a cinemascape. So why not it? Why not make it so that it's revealed that they're not really kids at all? Like something shows that like they were once kids, but something happened, and um, these are you know demons or something like that would be interesting. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. But so. I think it's time we should rate the film. Okay. So out of hmm, let's see. <laughs> what? So out of five piranhas, <laughs> <laughs> what would you rate the film? Hmm. I'd say like a a two and a half vicious piranha. Okay, okay. Two and a half. I think I might come a little higher. I would rate it three piranhas. Okay. I <laughs> I really like this film. I know I would like to buy it, and I did my research. There's a Blu-ray release of this film, and I think it's on Amazon for like nineteen dollars. Oh, so I have to make sure I do my research and make sure it's a legit copy and not a bootleg because <laughs> some of that stuff do happen on Amazon. so yeah I'll definitely buy this film and my next question for you brother ghoulish (laughs) (laughs) do you believe that people toys from 1974 
should rise from the grave or stay buried? I gotta say, it's gotta rise from the grave. It, it has to. It needs a second life. Yes, I agree 100%. I, <laughs> killer kids creep me out and I would love to see more films. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but it's it's nice to see different types of movies, like different subjects. And Killer Kids, it just does something for me. I so, agree. So yeah, I definitely agree. I believe that people toys should definitely rise from the grave. So, my lovelies, if you were impressed with this review of people toys, definitely go on Tubi. It's streaming on there under the name of um, The House. I'm sorry. There's so many different names for the film. <laughs> the Horrible House on the Hill. So don't try to look for People Toys because it's not going to be under that unless they decide to change it back to People Toys. Right. Because when, <laughs> when I sent you that email, it was under People Toys. <laughs> but yes, that was our review for the film. And Mr. Ryan, where can my listeners find you? Haunting underpasses on the freeway. But also, <laughs> um, you can find me on all social media at Brother Ghoulish. And you can find my podcast, Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, wherever they choose not to ban me. And Ooh. you can also go to <laughs> www.brotherghoulish.com for other ghoulish stuff. Yes, and you got some merchandise on there too. So. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, yeah, so definitely check that out and get you some stuff. You will not be disappointed. And if you are, it wasn't me. It was my alter ego. <laughs> uh-uh. And who's your alter ego? <laughs> Jocelyn Hernandez. Oh, oh. well, let me let me go give you some flowers. What kind of flowers would you like? Um, Pergolas. Are those flowers? I learned that word yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I never heard of that. It let me look fancy. it up. Like that meme. Let me type it up. It's like, oh, are you really typing? <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. What is it? P E R? I don't know. P- Let me see. Pergola up to oh P E R. Oh girl, that's one of them gazebos. No, no I don't want uh-uh. those. If you throw that at me, that might shatter my spine. I'll take some daffodils. Okay, I'll send you some daffodils. Just don't go off on me. Oh, never, never, never. <laughs> All right, my beautiful creeps. And you can find me, Ash, aka Ash to Ashes, on Twitter. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating for me. It will help out. Please give me some type of review. Give me some show notes. Do something. I will really appreciate it. So I want to say thank you to Brother Ghoulish for being my first guest on Rise from the Dead. And thanks for having me. Like, everyone, Ash is a real horror aficionado. You'll be missing out if you don't subscribe. And that's not just because she's a beautiful person and a friend of mine. Like, she's just really a horror. Like, I mean, she suggested Tragedy Girls to me. She suggested Love Witch to me. She suggested, like, so many great films. I can't even just name them on the spot, like, at Rapid Fire like this. But... This People Toys film is just the beginning. Like, y'all need to be writing down the stuff that she rises from the dead here because it's about to be lit. And if y'all have any problems with her, um, I will come fight you. So, (laughs) Thank you you so much. You always got my back. That's why I love you. All right, y'all. This was Rise from the Dead podcast. Thank you for listening. And y'all enjoy and take care.
Bye. <laughs>